red leather face, yellow leather face, red leather face, yellow leather face, red leather face, yellow leather face, red leather face, yellow leather face. Yeah. Nailed it. We're getting good at this. Papa Leatherface blessed us. Blessed me because I can't talk good. You know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no- nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Make Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. What did we watch this week, Zach? Candyman. Don't say it five times. <laughs> what What if we say it five times throughout the podcast? Oh, God. We're down like two already. Oh, no. Wait. <laughs> no, we only said it once. Oh, yeah. Once each. Okay. 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 So, so, Zach, what was your familiarity with this movie of a certain title? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Okay. Other than people are talking about it right now in this current time. Other than that, I knew nothing about this movie. Yeah. I'll get it out of the way right at the top. I think white people are talking about it next year. Jordan Peele, Candyman. He's uh, writing it, but uh, someone else is directing it. What? Yeah. Apparently he like loves this movie. So I, the opportunity came up and he was like, yeah, I'll write a screenplay for Candyman. And but, he's uh, producing it. But the important question is, is Tony Todd coming back? He's in it, but no one will confirm whether or not he is the title character. Because, um... The actor's name escapes me, but he's he's actually pr- pretty well cast for it. Um, they said at one point, um, the gentleman who played uh, Black Manta in Aquaman, mm. he is cast and a lot of people around the movie were saying like, oh, he's the new Candyman. Uh-huh. Damn it. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it such a bad thing to be visited by Tony Todd? No, it is not. <laughs> Maybe he'll just show up and be a guest on our podcast. That would be fantastic. He seems like a very nice man. Yeah, I love him already. Yeah, but the so he might be playing that character though. Supposedly, okay. a lot of people are speculating like, oh, what if it's he's playing that and this is like another legend he's bringing with him to take mm-hmm. over. Mm, okay. So I think that's why a lot of people are talking about it right now Because also like a lot of the themes of the movie Are still sadly very relevant Oh yeah <laughs> Yeah definitely Yeah. <laughs> uh, so since you didn't know anything about it Should we jump into the movie? Well you didn't ask me if I liked it Oh did you like it? I freaking love this movie Okay I'm really glad <laughs> I loved it so much <laughs> I, I mean I don't want to say it's my favorite But Really? I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, yeah. I'm really glad. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't... It's, it's super well made. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lower end movie, but my enjoyment levels of watching right. it was higher than all the other slashers other than That's Scream fair. and Halloween. I mean, well, this movie sets out to be like, oh, no, this, is, this isn't a, a horror movie. This is art. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And Tony Todd was just... Was he's just he's so good. He, he was so uh, good. I'm just going to go off track. We'll talk about how much I love Tony Todd for a minute. I think that's fine. Um, he's in my favorite movie from when I was 15. He's in The Crow. Uh, yeah. He's great in it. He, I watched an interview with him about it. He has like two lines in that movie. And he literally wrote like a whole character backstory. And he was like, and that's why I really connected to it. And that's why I, I really wanted to bring as much as I could to this character. Like, that is, like, the level of craft this man operates at all times. Does Tony Ty go to horror conventions? Yes. I want to meet him. I He's do, too. Best. He seems so nice. He's so cool. Because <laughs> I, too, love The Crow, but I haven't seen it since I was a kid. Right. So I don't remember at all, like, what character... <laughs> He played he's, or anything? He's like the main bad guy's like head henchman. Yeah, okay. He's 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 good in it. Oh, but he's he's the type of person that like even with that small of a part, he is like always doing something in the background and like mm. always in character. That's amazing. There's no small. There's no what's it? There's no smallest role or yeah. There's no small parts, just small actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. Yeah, but That's I awesome. I really love Tony Todd. Um. I love the fact that he loves that he's Candyman in the same way that like I really appreciate that Robert England is like, no, I'm Freddy Krueger. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that Tony Todd is like, are you kidding me? I'm Candyman. This is fantastic. That's so cool. <laughs> I 
I can't wait to go for a convention and meet I know, these people. I know. I'm really excited. So <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he he was the best part. Oh, hands down. About this movie. And, and everybody in the movie is good. Yeah. But he just, like, he enters the movie mm-hmm. and it just becomes his movie. Yeah. All the monologue. Because <laughs> that's what I mentioned in our Halloween episode. That's why I love Loomis. All the monologuing yeah. and stuff. And that was all Candyman. That was his just character. Yeah. And it was amazing. That, that can be such a hard thing to pull off. Like you and I have talked about, you don't like him, but I do. But we both agree that Kevin Smith has the same weakness of like, oh, it's all just monologues. It's really hard to pull off. This movie pulls it off. Yeah, because off topic, talking about Kevin Smith. <laughs> that's my problem with Kevin Smith. All of his characters talk how he does in yeah. real life and it doesn't come across monologuing. It, talk, it comes across of like, I know everything and you don't. That's yeah, my issue with it. That's but. fair. But I just meant like it's a, such a hard thing to pull off because it can come across the yeah. like, oh, look how much I know. Look how good I am at writing monologues. Yeah. But Tony Todd comes in and just sells it. Yeah. Like, um, you're going to hate me for bringing up this movie, <laughs> but Destination Wedding. Uh, <laughs> with, Go on. Uh, Keanu Reeves and my own writer. Uh, me and my wife are very excited to watch it. I, the I only think, two people. <laughs> because we love Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Of writer. Who doesn't? And it was, it was literally Valentine's Day, and we're like, well, yeah, let's finally watch it. We never got to watch it because it got pulled out of the theater so quick. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> and literally the entire movie was, you could tell it was them reciting the writer's words. Yeah. It was a total, like, you can he- you can just hear the ego in the writing, and it's just oh, like yeah, ooh, yeah. I don't uh, even ooh. even people that I think pretty much everybody loves. Like sometimes that happens to Tarantino. Yeah, it's a hard thing to like stick the landing, you know. Yeah, but uh, relating it back to Candyman, that's why I like it because Tony Todd added so much where it didn't yeah. feel like a writer talking. It was just Tony Todd just. <laughs> In his epic voice and everything. In a lesser actor's hands, it would just be like, oh, this guy is just trying to write Shakespeare monologues, whatever. This sucks. Yeah. But Tony Todd comes in and just kills it. Yeah. No pun, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie opens up with uh, the shots of Cabrini Green in Chicago, which is a real place. What well, was a real place. Mm. Again, upsettingly relevant. The second yeah. the city of Chicago said you don't have to... Um, rebuild public housing if you tear it down they kicked everyone out and tore it down and built them all um, which i imagine jordan peele will be putting in his script I, the second you said jordan peele i'm like oh, okay yeah, yeah he's yeah. gonna because that's also why i like this movie so much was the message behind it and the things that it touched on yeah are still relevant so that makes a movie like timeless yes. it's just good yeah. <laughs> but we open with that great weird monologue from tony todd as as the man himself (laughs) where he's just telling you what he's gonna do to you (laughs) over writhing bees (laughs) bees are friends i think that's why i like uh came in too Mm -hmm. he's really doing his part (laughs) you know save the bees guys (laughs) (laughs) Candyman's doing his part what are you doing exactly (laughs) yeah so i was i was i was into it already and like Again, how we talked about in 28 Days Later, how I really don't like the 2000s sort of thing. <laughs> the stuff in the 90s where it's like super 90s. I love it and I'm all for it. Yeah. Especially the... It's been long enough now. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> the intro credits with the music and oh, the, the titles. music in this I movie is it. amazing, dude. It, they turned it to spooky for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, the music was done. I have it right here. Because I made sure to look it up because I love the score to this movie so much. It's Philip Glass, who apparently literally just did it with a piano, an organ, and a choir. That is the the only things in the whole soundtrack. And he turned it all to spooky. Yes. Amazing. Yes. He set it to Phantom of the Opera and never looked back. (laughs) (laughs) And it paid off because the whole time I was just thinking, I was thinking back to Halloween, how much I loved the soundtrack as the movie was playing. This was the same thing. Much like Halloween, like this movie would still be good without the soundtrack. Yeah. Or would we be talking about it? Yeah. Or would it be like, oh, that movie's fine. Yeah. I mean, in a way, isn't Tony Todd's voice a part of the soundtrack? 
I actually, I feel like you're trying to make a joke, but yeah, like the sound design really treats it like it is, and I love it. That's, that's what I'm saying. His voice is music. Yeah. It's great. He, apparently, he said he took the part because he always wanted to play the Phantom of the Opera. Oh. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. Like That would be amazing. Well, yeah. Tony Put Tony Todd. Todd in everything. Yeah. Everything that's like sad and romantic. Yeah. Just Give it to me. It's true. <laughs> All of it. So then from there, <laughs> uh, we get into an urban legend about the Candyman. Mm-hmm. And I I love the fact that they're like, he was always a bad boy. And they cut to Ted Raimi, <laughs> Sam Raimi's little brother, the evil grandma from the basement in Evil Dead 2. What? Oh, yeah. He's he's the he's the old hag in Evil Dead 2 from the basement. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah, he's in all Sam Raimi's movies. That's amazing. Was he in Spider-Man's? He's the guy who gets berated by J. Jonah Jameson anytime he enters the room. He, that's, him. that's him. Which is why it's so funny to me that this movie is like, he was always a bad boy, you know. And it's Ted what? Raimi. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> This is why I didn't want you to Google it. It was in the cast. It's still blowing my mind because all I did was recognize the last name. I didn't know he was. Yeah. That guy in Spider-Man. Yeah. He's the one that walks in and he's like, your wife's on the phone. He's like, get out. (laughs) The bad boy. Yeah. He was a greaser. Oh my God. Now I just. I want to rewatch the intro just for just with that yeah. context now. Yeah. And he's good in it too. So yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. This yeah. is why horror is so cool. It's all it's connected. a community. It's all connected. Like this is on the same level as Mojo Jojo is yeah. the screen killer too. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I love it. But he, he as all good urban legends have, it's a story about dumb teenagers who get themselves killed. That's what I was going to say. Another reason why I really liked it is very refreshing not following a group of teens Apparently for the 15th that was, time. It was like very deliberate. Yeah. Um, anytime they got pushed back from the studio while he was... Uh, it, this is based on um, a short story by Clive Barker called The Forbidden. Uh, Clive Barker is probably most well known for Hellraiser and Pinhead. Mm. Uh, but he's you know a very celebrated British author. Mm-hmm. And in adapting it, like that was like the first thing they told Bernard Rose, the writer director of the movie, was like, "Oh, what if we put teenagers in it? Make them younger college students." And he was like, "I will compromise with you. She's a graduate student, so she can be like thirty, but you can still say she's a college student." <laughs> yeah, I think it really paid off. Yeah, because, especially because nice change of pace. Yeah, especially just because we watched all the slashers with all the teenagers. Yeah, I feel like. That's why I was so more invested in this one, too. And it was just one character and her friend sometimes, not a right. group where you get confused of who's who and everything. Yeah, sometimes it's it's nice to have that narrative focus. Yeah, it felt more like a uh, murder mystery. I love everything about this like opening, though, be- just because the way it opens with I heard it from a friend of a friend of mine yeah. is like so perfect. Yeah. And it plays so much into everything this movie is about. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the whole mythos and lore yes. of the Candyman too. I think that not only just it being Tony Todd, but that much mythos around the character yeah. that they built up. I really love that. Like, like I would believe you if you told me like, oh no, this was just like a story that the, the director heard. So yeah. he made a movie about it. Yeah. He literally heard the, I heard it from a friend of a friend, you yeah. know? And then we find out our main character, Helen, is writing a paper all about a local urban legend, the Candyman. Mm-hmm. I th- I'm, I'm pretty sure we've said it more than five times. Yeah, now. I know. I Tony Todd, where really you at? Worried. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. Come please, on, man. Please. please. I'll be your victim. <laughs> we believe in you. <laughs> what if we're just like really supportive of him? <laughs> Will that be okay? We want to save the, t- the bees too, man. But yeah, so Helen is doing a, a research paper on urban legends with her friend uh, Bernadette, mm-hmm. played by Cassie Lemons, who I know 
as the friend of the main character from Silence of the Lambs the year before. But yeah, they're going around interviewing all the freshmen like, oh, what are urban legends, you know? And it just so happens that like two different people have started bringing up Candyman and that starts to form the the backbone of their thesis for their their graduate work. Yeah. And then we go meet her husband who sucks. Trevor. Uh, Trevor, played by the dad from Terminator 2, uh, who gets stabbed in the face. Um, (laughs) Spoilers. Wait, stabbed in the face? Yeah, the liquid metal Terminator turns his hand into a sword and stabs him in the mouth. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I know. This means nothing to you. But someone is like, hell yeah, Matt, that's a good scene. <laughs> I mean. But he sucks because it's kind of implied like he must have started dating Helen when she was his student. Yeah. And now they're married and he's already flirting with other students. Yeah. Who look just like her but are younger. <laughs> It's almost like a metaphor for Hollywood. (laughs) And professors in general, because that's a thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He sucks. Trevor sucks. I was was (laughs) conflicted about Trevor, because when they implied that a lot, I was like, man, he sucks. But also, I kind of see where he's coming from when you think Helen's like... Yeah, when when they start saying, he he should believe she's a murderer, because she's going to kill him. Yeah. Although, biggest missed opportunity in this whole movie. Imagine if, just by the rules of a slasher movie, she should get to kill him when she finds out she's being cheated on in that scene. What if she was just like, okay, fine. Walked into the living room, said Candyman five times, and then just left. Huge missed opportunity. How great would that be? I was actually expecting that to happen. (laughs) Right? During that scene, I was expecting her to call Candyman and kill him, and then be on Candyman's side from then on. But we're in the beginning of the yes. movie. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. Uh, so now she starts to figure out because she is uh, transposing her her recordings onto her old school computer of the 90s. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's blue and yellow. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, one of the, the women who works, one of the custodians comes in and says like, oh, I know about Candyman. My friend lives in the building where he haunts. And then like, she's just like, oh, can I talk to your friend? Yeah, sure. And then she walks out the door. Hey, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't expecting her to be yeah. around the corner. One I mean, of the other custodians. Like they could have just made her both people. but mm-hmm. <laughs> it, It's sort of the five dimensional chess that we see in Scream is kind of being played with here also. If you watch the friend who tells the story who lives in Cabrini Green... She is very reluctant to tell it. Yeah. And the second her friend is like, see, that wasn't so bad. She's like, yeah, you don't live there. And then just like leaves. Yeah. Because she's afraid that she told someone now. Yeah. But uh, now Helen and Bernadette. (laughs) I'm really bad at character names, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, And Bernadette. They've decided to go to uh, Cabrini Green because Helen, who I don't think I mentioned. uh, She's played by Virginia Madsen, who I think is fucking great in this movie mm. um oscar she, nominee she's uh another one that in a lesser actor playing yeah. this role could have really screwed it up it's true she like walked the line of too much and like overacting she like just barely crossed that line of like not making it too much. Yeah, uh, she, they do some fascinating. I think she does some fascinating stuff in this movie that I will get into uh, later. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they decide they're going to go to Cabrini Green, despite the fact that her friend is like, no, you're a dumb white person. That's, <laughs> that's another reason why I really like this movie, because it's real. It's not. Yeah. Oh, it's spooky. Candyman, Don't go there. It's like. No, you're a dumb white person yeah. going there alone. Although although there has been a lot of discussion around this movie about the fact that like C- Cabrini Green is not a, a good place, but much in the mm. way that like we're from California, yeah. like a lot of people like uh, over exaggerate like, oh, well, like, I mean, Compton is like the worst place you could ever go to. Every single corner yeah. of it is dangerous. As, yeah. Like a it's lot has not. been made of like people kind of pushing back against that with Cabrini Green being like, this was the place that the show Good Times was set. <laughs> yeah. Like dynamite, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Because that's one as Southern Californian. Yeah. That's what I hate when people make it seem like we live in such a dangerous place. Right. Never go there. Like, I, 
up until recently drove uh delivery for a living and i used to have to drive through compton all the time and it was fine yeah like, uh, <laughs> when me and my wife were dating she lived in huntington park and i would leave her place at like 3 a.m sometimes yeah. like it's fine it's, yeah these are quote-unquote bad neighborhoods bad stuff does happen there but like like cabrini green um i was just watching a, a great video on Candyman by uh cold crash pictures hmm. Um, and he brings up the fact, like, this movie makes it out like, yeah, you know, a kid dies there like every week. Like someone actually says that in this movie. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the it's the worst place in the state, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't even make the top five most dangerous places yeah. in Chicago, yeah. let alone in the country. Yeah. And this movie treats it like, I mean, have you ever seen a worse place? Yeah. Like they're trying. They're really trying. But Bernard Rose is still a white British guy. Yeah. Like he's like two steps removed from it. But like points for for making an effort, you know, yeah. because I also think it's to fuel the narrative of yeah. Candyman and whatever. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what like I said, being Southern California, that's one thing I do hate is when people make it seem like certain areas are so dangerous and you should never go there when they're not. It's like they're fine. Like <laughs> in most bad areas, just mind your own business. And yeah. You're good. Like anywhere else. Yeah. Like, that's what, what always got me was i grew up in you know like the suburbs and people would always try to be like from like not in california be like oh yeah it's so dangerous in this part and i'd be like i don't know one of my friends got jumped last week in our neighborhood and you seem to think it's fine like yeah. what's your point <laughs> <laughs> so that's something that has been pushed back against this yeah. movie yeah. but um i, I think it, it's still making an, a real effort and i appreciate that bernard rose did genuinely make an effort to say like how is this different for you? Yeah. Because, like, cl clearly, like, if he had not, they both would have been fine with going to Cabrini Green, whereas the African-American woman is like, no, I don't go there for a reason. Yeah. And, like, I know how, like, police treat people there, and I don't want to get treated like that. Yeah. Like, uh, but they, they get in, and there's awesome graffiti all through the building. Mm -hmm. that they um, the, the exteriors were shot at the real Cabrini Green, but all the interiors were a soundstage. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's so, what I was thinking. How do they do all that sp very specific graffiti? Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought the first time I saw this before like looking into it. I was like, did they just like put up like a fake wall? Because mm. I don't think they would just let them do that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they figure out that a woman who got murdered there, her mirror it was removable in her bathroom. The, everything about this I love, like the pacing of it as a sequence, yeah. just the conceptually. You could remove the mirror in the bathroom and get into the empty, abandoned apartment behind hers, which is where they find all of this Candyman-themed paraphernalia. Right down to candy with razor blades in it, which like I love because it's yeah. an urban legend. Yeah, yeah, I love that, and I love that again. The entire time she was doing stupid stuff, her friend was like, "You're stupid, You're let's idiot. go." Yeah, instead of horror movie. Oh no, let's just keep going. In a, in a worse movie, they both go in, and one of them yeah. dies right there. Yeah, that's why I like too. Nothing like really bad happened to. Yeah, them. well, because people do think, oh, they're probably cops. Yeah. To one degree, it's like, oh, that's really dumb to pretend to be a cop. But then yeah. on the other hand, it's like, what they left alive, like, yeah, because again, movie language. Yeah, but know. also they don't they don't really look like cops because they kind of had like it, high they, heels. And they like, look like like detectives. Like I guess so. I think that's the the idea. But movies, exactly, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they meet. Uh, the most intense name in the whole movie. Anne-Marie McCoy. Yes, played by Vanessa Williams. Yes. Who who I, I really like her performance. Yeah, um, she was really I think good. she gets to go kind of unhinged in a way that everybody else doesn't get to and I really enjoy. Yeah. But it also makes sense for her character. Yeah. But you just like her right off the bat. She's yeah. just really likable with her kid and mm -hmm. her dog, who I love. Oh. What a good boy. Was I hope nothing boy. bad happens to him. Oh. <laughs> At least it wasn't real this time. Yeah. Stupid <laughs> Friday 13th. <laughs> and it looked fake, which made me feel better. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look too real. Man, I just realized so many good boys get treated so badly. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I don't care if you're a thing monster. Well, because what's the, the rule in screenwriting is uh, save the cat. 
Mm. or the dog like your hero always goes back for the pet Mm -hmm. so if you want to set somebody up as oh they must be really bad you have to have them that's like a a shortcut way to do it Mm -hmm. is have them harm an animal no you pet the good boy right and go on your way (laughs) leave the dog out (laughs) the dog and marie Mm-hmm. Anthony, her little baby. Yeah, you just like great. them all. Yeah. Even the the guys outside are dressed really cool. So <laughs> there was one guy who you were his, his bucket hat and his windbreaker <laughs> and his super thin sunglasses. Hell yeah, I was living for him. He was the best. Like I said, when we saw him pop up, fashion is cyclical because I'm pretty sure I saw somebody wearing that exact outfit. Like every outfit in this movie is trendy again. <laughs> and I'm loving it. But uh, from there, she starts getting further into Candyman research. And then she goes to a dinner with her academic husband. And his and shitty his, friends. Yeah, douchey friends who are like, oh, well, you know, I know all about it. I wrote a paper yeah. on it 10 years ago. And I love that he is so shitty that like it's appropriate that he is again the the dimensions of this movie Mm -hmm. it is a shitty white dude appropriating the pain of a black man to show why he is so much smarter than you yeah because like that whole monologue is really good and really well written and the actor delivering it just makes it so uncomfortable yeah that like he's the one telling it like bothers you but it's supposed to and i I love it and he was also like talking down to a a woman colleague yes that seems good yes (laughs) yeah and he goes into the whole backstory of Candyman, which i like that there was a backstory yeah more than just modern day well every every urban legend has a root doesn't it and i'm a sucker for like the 1800s ghost story sort of stories those are great but uh, the origin of Candyman is a bummer, but uh, <laughs> first and foremost. But it sets up Candyman to be the tragic hero. In a way, yeah. yeah which is um, why I liked him too. Because uh, we find out that Candyman was the son of a former slave right after the Civil War. His father had uh, made a lot of money off of patenting a device that made shoes. Mm-hmm. And Candyman got to go to all the finest art schools and they got to leave the South and come to what would eventually become Chicago. And there he met a white woman and fell in love and he was killed for it. With his uh, arm cut off, replaced and, with a hook. And they covered him in bees. Yeah. Nicholas Cage style. Which is why he's the Candyman. Oh, because honey. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. I just kind of accepted it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool name. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's sad. But uh, yeah, no, it's a bummer, but it's it's effective. Yeah. And it immediately like grounds the movie in a way that it is very hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they do a good job with it. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, after he told that story too, it played into the tragic hero thing. And it made me want Candyman to win. Like, yeah, it made me want him to get what he was going for a little bit. Yeah. Like, you're still like, I know he's the bad guy, but come on, guys. Because like (laughs) in our other ones where we're like, uh, Leatherface, I kind of feel bad for him, but like he's the killer. No, I think here we're expressly supposed to. That that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like in the other ones, we still recognize. Oh, but they're still messed up serial killers. In this one, I never felt it, anything it's else. It's way more complicated. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, he's also like a ghost. So there's something like above that, other than just wanting yeah. to kill people. He's got a reason for yeah. vengeance. Okay, we're gonna get into something right now that I don't know. We we are two white people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how qualified we are to talk about this. I'm going to be leaning pretty heavily on another podcast that everyone should go listen. I hate to drive them away from ours. Go listen to their episode on Candyman. On Candyman. Candyman. Uh, <laughs> it's a podcast called um, Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Uh-huh. It's about um, uh, black actors in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And they like review movies with black leads and like, oh, how did this help? How did this hurt? Mm-hmm. And they did do Candyman. And they bring up a bunch of stuff that I was like, I never even thought of that because like Mm -hmm. I'm a white guy. Yeah. (laughs) Like what is Candyman getting out of killing the people that he kills? Uh Except that it's scary. And then the other thing is most slashers and iconic horror people have obvious things that make them scary. 
uh-huh. from a distance. Leatherface is wearing people's skin. Yeah. Michael Myers has the blank white mask. Ghostface is wearing a scary, a spooky yeah. Halloween costume. Candyman's just a tall, handsome black man in a nice coat. Yeah. But the movie like shoots him like <gasps> terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I had never even thought of that. But um, the, their commentary on this movie is really interesting and everyone should go listen to it oh, as a as a counterpoint to us where we're just going to be like, this movie is so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's one thing I was thinking watching the movie. I was like, there's a lot of really cool themes that they're touching on, but I know I have no right authority in talking about them. So I'm glad you're pointing out yes. podcasts. So I, I really want people to go listen to their episode because they're also very funny mm-hmm. so it doesn't get like too too heavy yeah um what was the podcast again uh black men can't jump in hollywood it's an excellent podcast it, check it out yeah please everyone go listen to it not just this episode all their episodes <laughs> but uh so yeah they'll they'll point out some things that will make you look at the movie a little differently and i think that's that's really a good thing to do and it also makes me more excited for the jordan fact that peele. jordan peele yeah. and a black a black woman director mm. are making this movie with a predominantly black cast yeah that's cool so i mean yeah with what he did with get out exactly yeah, yeah. like clearly he he likes this comic kind of commentary in his movies yeah. so i think he's a perfect choice for it but uh and that's all i'll i'll really have to say on that because it's a complicated issue that I don't feel qualified to speak on. <laughs> yeah. All we gotta do is point them to yes. people who There can. are people whose voices should be heard, and their voices are not mine. So <laughs> yeah, We're here to talk about me not knowing anything about horror right. movies. <laughs> so, his origin is a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but it does make you automatically sympathize with him, and kind of like, want to know more about him. That's why I didn't think about too much of how, because you mentioned like how he's dressed. Immedi- I think subconsciously I connected it to Phantom Opry uh, yeah. just because he's dressed so nice. Yeah, and oh, that jacket's so dude. Yeah. Just, oh. <laughs> jacket's so cool. That, that's when they first introduced him when he was standing like far away in the the way he was like standing and like the coat was just hanging. Yeah. I was like, man, he looks cool. Yeah, I just want to hang out with that yeah. dude. <laughs> again tony todd come hang out we've said your name like 50 times now i've summoned you (laughs) now that helen has been kind of challenged in a way that she shouldn't have to be she's decided she really wants to prove herself she goes back to cabrini green to do more research she runs into a little boy jake Jake. yeah i remember it (laughs) played by uh guy who i think is like excellent in this movie and i'm bummed that i couldn't like i don't know him from other stuff especially mm-hmm. as like he's a really good child actor yeah i'm I'm sure he's still around and working and we i'll have to look him up yeah. but uh he's really good in this at selling like scared but tough kid yeah that's what i like he's making it a kid too makes it perfect for he knows what's going on but he's more inclined to talk to helen yeah like he'll he'll let it slip of what's going on and he's more inclined to believe in Candyman. so he takes her to the bathroom tells her another bummer of a story um, <laughs> that was a big bummer yeah like you don't know, just watch the movie because i like almost don't even want to talk about it <laughs> yeah it, like everything like ooh. like Candyman, you have to know it like i feel like we have to talk about that origin but this one is just like that just made me sad like <laughs> pretty much bathroom Candyman man did something real bad in there so that's why helen's there to investigate yes and that's when i heard you're looking for candy man bitch <laughs> <laughs> so i've never seen tony todd before watching this so i thought he was tony todd were you like oh no i was like hell yeah <laughs> that's awesome is that the kind of movie we're in all right <laughs> yeah heard you were looking for candy man bitch he's got an entourage hell yeah, yeah. that's what confused me because again we went from slasher month to now we're going into ghost month so i know candy man's a ghost were you like did matt lie to me <laughs> yeah, so when he walked in, and all the kids walked in i was like did he like compel those kids? Does, right. does he have like the kids? Cool. Yeah. Does he have the kids kind of in his corner of like, because they believe in him. So like a Peter Pan thing. Right. But, uh, he but just no. slaps her yeah. in the side of the head with a, but he doesn't kill her yeah. because he knows what could happen and does happen. 
Yeah. Which is the second a white lady gets hurt in a black neighborhood, everyone comes to save her. Yeah. And he catches her in maybe the funniest cut in the whole movie. Maybe the the best joke in the whole movie (laughs) when he's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, wow, that was intense. And then it just cuts to some random guy going, I heard you're looking for Candyman, bitch. (laughs) Number three, I heard you're looking for Candyman, bitch. (laughs) Like It's the police lineup. And it gets me every time. (laughs) Man, there's so many good jokes with police lineups. Yeah. My favorite is Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. When Andy Samberg (laughs) makes them sing. (laughs) That's him. That's number five. He killed my brother. Oh, Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then then they catch the real life Candyman. Mm -hmm. And she tells Jake, like, "You're, you're safe now. Like, Candyman wasn't real. We got him. Yeah, which I like that they made it a point to say, oh, yeah, he's like an underworld crime boss yeah. who took the name of Candyman. Yeah, he Man. knows what this legend is, so he went and bought a fish hook. And yeah. again, urban legend, he knew he could manipulate people with this because it's like, does that mean it's real? Five dimensional How's chess. he getting into our houses? Because clearly like that room was probably where him and his gang like yeah. hit out, which apparently was a real thing. Uh, the director apparently heard a story about, um, well, about a, a woman who got killed in her apartment and no one knew how. And then they eventually found out the apartment next to it was vacant and a gang was living in there. Mm. And they she saw them do something. So they broke in through her bathroom mirror and killed her like in the movie. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that is some real life horror yeah. movie stuff. Yeah. Oh, just mind my business looking in the mirror in the bathroom. Surprise. Yeah. So she's confident. Like her friend comes to her and says like, yeah, they want to not just put like our essay isn't just going to get approved. It's going to get turned into a book. We should, we should do it. Like we found the root of an urban legend and we ended it. Like how amazing is that? We ended this urban legend. And then like, I remember seeing this movie for the first time and being like, wait, what? Like how? Oh, that's it. (laughs) I don't get it. Like, cause I knew like the iconography, like that's not Tony Todd. Where are the bees? Doesn't he have a hook or something? (laughs) And me thinking that was actually Tony Todd. I I was expecting him to either break out of jail or ghost stuff. And then when she thinks she's good, she's got the photos back. She's walking in a car. Actual Tony Todd Candyman shows up. Uh, and he, he starts walking forward with the monologue voice and that's Ugh. actually tony todd and he's just so fucking uh, cool yeah helen <laughs> yes yeah helen. i love everything and and his motivation i i kind of dig where he's like i have only gotten to stick around because i exist in people's minds and you just erased me i love that so yeah. much you just you, love you're about movie. to put out a book that will prove I don't exist and I will cease to exist. So now I have to do some bad things. Yeah. <laughs> ah, it's so good. And then yeah, he he murders a dog <laughs> and kidnaps a baby and frames Helen for it. Oh yeah, she blacks out right there and then wakes up yeah. and all that had happened. And speaking of her her face, like every time she talks to Tony Todd, did you notice like how Morticia interesting Adams. it was? Well, yeah, the lighting. But her performance, the like, yeah, no, I have to, I have to go. Being compelled. Yeah. And how like, it was like, wow, that's like really convincing. Yeah. That's because her and Bernard Rose, the director went to a hypnotherapist and she got hypnotized and, uh, the hip, the, the, the hypnotherapist gave Bernard Rose, here's the word you say. And she'll slip into that. Whoa. So when she's standing there hypnotized by Tony Todd, she's legitimately hypnotized by Tony Todd. <laughs> I mean, I was too. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's just Tony Todd. In a different way. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. That's that's such an awesome, weird little touch. To the point where, like, apparently, like, halfway through filming, she's like, we can't keep doing that. Because it's, like, making me really uncomfortable. Because, like, it would kind of black her out. Yeah. Like in the movie. That's (laughs) She was like, no, no, this is getting too weird and meta. So we're going to have to stop doing that. (laughs) <laughs> that's crazy that's awesome yeah but it works yeah so like it looks really cool <laughs> yeah that, that's that's um what i mentioned too one thing i wanted to point out every single time that it zoomed in on her she had morticia adams lighting 
yeah. like on her face. I was like, love oh, it. yeah, love it. <laughs> oh, she's in a film noir now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. Everything I love. Yeah, just put in one movie. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, she gets arrested. But then weirdly like get set free very quickly there are a couple things in this movie that i'm like that's not that weird <laughs> a white lady says i yeah. didn't do it i think the cops let it go that's true like especially like in the 90s if she showed if she's the wife of a wealthy professor and she's uh, an erudite white lady who is in the projects for some reason and might have murdered a baby i think they let her out on bail yeah you got a point like Again, this movie is about things that are upsettingly relevant. Yeah, you got a point. <laughs> I think pacing, just pacing what, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, but it is, it does happen like really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and then she's back at her apartment. And she's like, you guys don't think I did it, right? And everyone's like, what? No, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> I'm not saying this because I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor the whole time is just like, I got my side piece on the side. Yeah, yeah you're fine. Yeah, I'm going to go to school for no reason because I suck. Um, my name is Trevor, so of course this is the outcome. That's what you get for marrying someone named Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, so then she's there and she's going through the slides of all the photos she took at Cabrini Green and she starts to notice that Candyman is in the background of one of them. Uh-huh. Just, Which is super great and, and super weird. And it's not like a perfect picture of Tony Todd. It's just the lighting of his coat and the top of his yeah. head, which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's so cool. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> and This then, movie's so well made. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then her friend comes over while Candyman is chasing yes. Helen. And oh, then, when Candyman enters and he smashes through the mirror. Yeah. They did not tell Virginia Madsen they were going to do that. Oh, no. And Tony Todd knew that she didn't know, but the director wouldn't let him tell her, like, he was even there. Mm -hmm. And apparently, like, he still apologizes to her about it because he feels so bad, which makes me love Tony Todd even more. (laughs) Tony Todd's so bad. (laughs) That he's always still like, I still feel bad about that. Like, if you watch interviews with him, he's it's the one thing I regret about that movie. Um, I apologize to her all the time. (laughs) Uh, Tony. <laughs> he's just a sweetheart <laughs> he is candy man after it's all. true <laughs> but uh he kills her friend so now everyone's like yeah this bitch is definitely crazy <laughs> she like cut herself with a knife and then killed her friend yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah okay this is the one time that trevor is justified in being like uh <laughs> i'm out like <laughs> yeah if he had done nothing wrong until then i might be on trevor's yeah. side <laughs> yeah that's what that's why later we'll get to that part. But when all you guys are like, yeah, Trevor, what, you suck. Just in and general, I, Trevor sucks, yeah. though. <laughs> yeah, in general. But I was like, dude, she just like, of course he thinks that she just killed her. <laughs> it makes sense. That was not my issue. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, and then she gets... Uh, yeah, she gets committed. And she's in there and Tony Todd floats above her. And <laughs> all I could think about was me being in that position, being like, just fall, just fall, just fall. <laughs> I mean, he, he was like, just one kiss. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Candyman, come to me. <laughs> you just close your eyes and keep saying Candyman yeah. over and over. <laughs> because i'm stupid and i realize little things that make me laugh in movies that shouldn't when he's floating and then people start to come in right before he moves to the side and then floats down and you just see the back of his head just go and it's such a smooth movie i love it so much Oh, so good. Yeah. But yeah, and then you find out she was in there for a month. Yeah, they dope her up and when she comes to her life is ruined. Yeah. And then she goes see uh Dr. Yeah. George Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> the head therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> and she's like, No, I can summon him. Can you man? Like, right. <laughs> and then I think that was the coolest kill. Yeah. Because it was the most on screen kill. Yeah. Because most of them were off screen, but that one it was just like, 
Well, and like he, Tony Todd sells it. Yeah. In the, like, cause he's not, he's clearly just going like this with like a red bottle, yeah. like a fake bottle of blood and spraying it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But he really sells that. Like, this isn't hard for me to do, but there's like a, a weight to it yeah. in a way that a lot of people like can't, but he's like a good actor. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and him being super tall. Yeah. And just, I think he's, towering he's over six him. foot five. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that the doctor starts to be like, oh, okay. like yeah. everything about it just like works. Yeah. And then <laughs> and I then, turn to Zach and I say, this is going to be your favorite part of the movie. And then Tony Todd just walks over to the window with his back facing it and goes, bye. <laughs> That's like my favorite shot in the whole movie. I don't even care that you can literally see the rope he's hanging Neither from. Do I. Because it it's amazing. so awesome conceptually that he's just like, here's your way out. <laughs> and just like that was arms and legs just fold in yeah and he just because uh, how did they fit six foot five tony todd through that window because it's actually him yeah like <laughs> you weren't wrong it was the favorite part of the movie it's the best part of the whole movie literally I turn him. I would look at Matt as he says that. Look back at the screen. It happens, and my jaw just drops for like the next minute because <laughs> it was so good. Yeah, but yeah. Then Helen escapes. Mm-hmm. She goes all the way back to their apartment to find Candyman has been telling her like you have nothing. Mm-hmm. I'm all you have. Yeah. Again, upsettingly relevant. A man ruining a woman's life so that she has no choice but to love him. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, she goes back to her apartment, and there's that bitch Stacy. <laughs> Which, worst actor in the movie. The entire time she was crying, it looked like she was laughing. Oh, I I actually, I don't know about the rest of it, but her first reaction when she just turns like, hey, oh, and just like melts off of the ladder. I love it. See, I don't think you're looking at her face then, because she looked like she was like, Try, like the what she was doing with her mouth it but looked like she it's was laughing. she thinks the the person coming in is um trevor well no i meant like as she's crying like the whole time it's probably just her it's face. The same face i'm willing to forgive it <laughs> just for that one moment of when she comes off the ladder like fuck <laughs> i needed somebody to not like their acting yeah it's there, fair it's, just, it's still a horror person. movie there's always one yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't going to be Ted Raimi, damn it. <laughs> the bad boy. <laughs> but also the good boy. <laughs> but yeah, and then yeah. Trevor comes in and rightfully so, he's terrified. Yeah, like they're, they're not wrong to be scared. It's just ho- horror movie rule dictates that yeah. they have wronged our heroine mm-hmm. in an expressly sexual way. Yeah. So especially slasher horror dictates they should have been punished sooner. Yeah. But they get their comeuppance. So it's fine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and she gets angry. And then I think it like clicks in her brain that what she's doing, that yeah. she looks like yeah. the murderer, which I liked. And then that's when she decides to leave. Yeah. She's just out like, yeah. oh, he has made me into the urban legend of this woman who just snapped one day. Yeah. Which was his goal. Yeah. And then she runs back to uh, the candy lair. Yeah, because she knows like, well, my life is over, but he did say he'd let this the baby go. Yeah. Because he has been keeping uh, the baby alive this whole time and kidnapped, feeding him honey. <laughs> in a very upsetting shot where a grown man sticks his finger in a baby's mouth. I think um, that used to be a thing, though. No, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> of, of like people like putting stuff on their finger and feeding it to yeah. babies. I mean, that's people why still I, do it. It's fine. That's why I, was I wasn't weirded out. Just because yeah. I know that's yeah. a thing. But it reminded me of. Uh, I know you haven't seen Joker, uh-huh. but the, it's in the trailer. There's the bit where he walks up to the kid and makes him smile by putting his fingers in his mouth, uh-huh. and that's the most upsetting part of that fucking movie. I know there's supposed to be all the like edge lordy, like oh, it's so violent, it's so twisted. No, that was upsetting. Don't stick your fingers in children's mouth, Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> well, I mean, was it like a full-grown child? It was like an eight-year-old, yeah. Yeah, see, that's unsettling. Yeah, yeah. It's Way not a baby. a baby. Yeah. yeah. But it just made me think of that because we, we were watching this movie with our wives, mm-hmm. and they both had the reaction of, oh. <laughs> and me and Matt were just like, what? Well, it was a baby. Like, like, that's a... <laughs> He's gotta feed him somehow. It's honey, you guys. <laughs> He's the candy man. 
Bees. Yeah. <laughs> bees are friends, and so is Tony Todd. Yes. He's being a good father to that baby. <laughs> yes. Because he never got his kid. Yes. Sadly. Yeah. Again, every time you're like, oh, man, Candyman's such a dick. He's ruining your life. You're like, oh, right. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And then she shows up, walks in, and he's sleeping on a table. That is the the biggest failing of this movie. I saw this movie when I was like 20, so I have spent 10 years like, why was he asleep? Like, it just <laughs> haunts me at night. I just wake up like... Why did Candyman need to take a nap? Isn't he a ghost? <laughs> you wake up and you turn and he's sleeping right next to you. Right. Or a lot of questions get raised for me by the end of it that yeah. kind of like make it like, ah, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. But is it supposed to be they're implying like he's becoming more real now that he's not a legend? Maybe. Oh, I That's never thought. Like a because later he spoilers he does die and there is a corpse. Yeah. So Maybe. is it that he's become real now that he's not a legend? And because it's the whole thing of like Helen represents the woman he fell in love with. Right. So her accepting his offer, maybe that made him real too. Yeah. So by the end of it, he's like full real enough to yeah. catch on fire and die. Or maybe they didn't like think it through. They just thought this will look cool. Which I'm willing to forgive. Cause yeah, it did look really cool. Yeah, or maybe he was pretending to be asleep. Yeah. Just but. just for the scare of yeah. her trying to kill him. Because yeah. how, how else I, would she get the sneak on him? Yeah. I love when she gets him in the neck and he just pulls it out like, Helen! <laughs> He's like so casual about it. Like, you came! And like, blood spurts yeah. out as he it's does it. It's a great joke. I love like, it. <laughs> I, I think it was supposed to be a joke because it, uh, it was funny, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. It's great. Because <laughs> he literally goes, Helen! <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing here? Hey! <laughs> just taking a little nap waiting for you. <laughs> What's up, man? Oh, thanks for the hook. I needed a new one. <laughs> <laughs> then one of uh, this movie's many iconic shots, that circle shot around them. Mm -hmm. oh, I love it. Yeah. Apparently, this is where I get into like, oh, the real world's a bummer, too. Uh, that whole sequence was actually much longer. Mm. Um, and the circling continued to like disorient you along with Helen, mm -hmm. like which is why like it cuts to her like almost passing out for a minute. Mm. Because she gets sucked back in by him and he's saying like, I love you. It was always you. Blah, 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 blah. Like maybe probably I, I would guess giving more exposition about like you're the you represent to me or you're the reincarnation of maybe, you know, yeah. the woman I love. Um, And apparently she was going to say like, and I've always loved you, too, and kiss him. And when the studio saw that, they said, ooh, we can't have an interracial romance in this movie. So like Tony Todd has talked about it. He was like, yeah, they were fine with me murdering people. But the idea of me kissing a white woman upset them that much. You which know, is a huge fucking bummer. <laughs> you know, sorry. <laughs> when you said, oh, back into real life being a bummer, I was expecting you to say, oh, yeah, they kept spending it and the actress passed out and that sucked. Not that level yeah. of yeah. stupidity. <laughs> oh, that's <sighs> terrible. Um, that's <laughs> and they made them cut it. It's for the wrong reason, but it kind of benefits the movie and that it doesn't handhold you. It just sort yeah. of implies all these things in a way I enjoy. Like I'm glad but... I'm glad that they took that out, not for that reason. Yeah. But I did think I do think it added value not to put it there to the narrative. Yeah. The the ambiguity of with the ambiguity of an urban legend yeah that's what it, it really lends itself to yeah it, it is so malleable it would have been too tongue-in-cheek for her to yeah. kiss him and say i love you too yeah but uh so she passes out after the most iconic bit in this movie with the bees mm -hmm. which was real um Th that i they, i i recognized that was real the second i saw it yeah. i was like man tony todd commitment yeah like, he did work into his contract he got paid a, a bonus of a thousand dollars for every single sting Ooh. Um, over the course of this movie and its two sequels, he only got stung 23 times, Ooh. which like when you think about it, like how much he's covered in bees. Yeah, that's not that much. Yeah, but, but that's still way more times than I want to get stung in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they also discovered Virginia Madsen 
pretty allergic to bees. Oh, no. <laughs> I am unclear if she knew before or if maybe she got stung and like had an allergic, mild allergic yeah. reaction. But um, apparently then, like, luckily they were using um, the same bee trainer that uh, handled the bees in My Girl that killed Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, uh, there's a movie called My Girl where Macaulay Culkin gets stung by bees and he dies. Um, His character. Yes. Not real. Macaulay Culkin <laughs> is fine. Don't worry I about Macaulay. Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> I can't lose Don't Macaulay. you worry about Mac. He's doing just fine. Good. <laughs> but they use the same uh, bee handler, and his whole trick is he raises hives near the set so that he can get baby bees, which are way less likely to sting you and have a lot less venom. He's cute. If they do sting you. Baby bees. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Bees <laughs> and then friends. they suck them all up with a little bee vacuum. Oh. Yeah, but Tony Todd literally they uh, built like a, a prosthetic to put inside of his mouth so they couldn't go down his throat and they just That's filled good. his mouth with bees. And he said the second take that we did, I felt one of them get behind it and get into my cheek and start crawling around. But I really wanted to just get the take so we could be done. So I just let him do. I just let it crawl around and then immediately was like, get him out, get him out, get him out. Like <laughs> when they go and cut. Todd. <laughs> yeah. Hero. He got twenty three thousand extra dollars, so that's not bad. Like, <laughs> it's not great, but it's not bad. Amazing. Yeah, Tony I Tony. love Tony Todd. <laughs> yeah, the second I saw that scene, I was like, "Man, Tony yeah, Todd, just hero." What a like a a beautiful, terrifying image. Yeah, it looks like this movie's shot like a painting, and that's the moment that like really really like shows how much it is when he's yeah. like cradling her with the bees coming out of his open mouth uh, Wait, they they kiss there yeah but well he doesn't they don't show it yeah they don't show it on screen. and he's i think they don't kiss he's like spitting bees onto her i because i thought the whole thing was bees are coming out out of his mouth and then they kiss with like the bees and stuff mm. And that was the whole like. I mean, I think that's the implication, but I'm yeah. sure like wink, wink. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they got the kiss. Yeah. It it's the same way that uh, on Star Trek when uh, William Shatner kisses Uhura, they were like, "Oh no, no, we only got the one good take, so you have to use the take yeah. with the kiss in it." Like, Screw you, studio. Yeah. <laughs> Tony got this is a man. <laughs> yeah. Let Tony Todd do what he wants. Yeah. Also, like, did you not see what this movie was about? Like, <laughs> do you not read like his origin story? Like, you saw the script, you saw the dailies, you knew what was happening. <laughs> he takes the baby and puts him in. Uh, we saw earlier they were getting a uh, stuffed old wood stuff together. They're gonna do a big bonfire for the community. Mm. Uh, he hides the baby in the center of it, knowing that it'll get set on fire and they'll all uh die together that that's one thing though i was wondering because i couldn't tell if that line when she's like oh are you guys doing a bonfire and jake was like yeah it's for the party i couldn't tell if that was sarcasm of no this is just like a bad area i I never thought about that i always just took it at face value because then at the end they set it on fire (laughs) yeah because i think that was just because Saw came in to throw it on fire. Yeah. I figured it was just a mound of garbage. That's true. And it was just I never thought you're about a dumb that. white lady. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's for a party. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that, that's Damn, what I got I'm a dumb me. white guy. Because <laughs> um. <laughs> I mean, is I don't really think it's a thing where you just I don't think it's it. a thing, but I'm willing to believe in a movie they <laughs> think it's a thing. Like Yeah. And then she has the hook, so Jake sees the hook as she mm-hmm. goes in. Candyman. Candyman. Then so they he gets everybody. Up. Yeah, they set it on fire. She fights off Candyman and manages to save the baby, but she dies. She burns all her hair off. Oh, uh, Candyman showed up and was like, "We're all family oh, now. Yeah. We're gonna die we're together. Gonna die together. I've got you back." Yeah, so basically. our ashes will be together. We'll never be apart again. Which I was still like, "Yeah, Candyman, <laughs> make it happen." She said yes earlier. It's fine. Consent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, she gets out. And then she looks like Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> I choked on my water. <laughs> I hate you. He had the high ground. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but yeah, the baby survives, goes back to his mom. She mm-hmm. dies apparently. Yeah. 
Then it cuts to Trevor crying in the bathroom. Well, at first it cuts to uh, Helen's funeral. Oh. Where they all show up and give her the hook, essentially. Well, it was just Trevor and yeah. like his shitty professor and then the whole community. No, let's not forget. Trevor brought his girlfriend to his wife's funeral. That dude sucks. <laughs> yeah. I don't care about anything. Yeah. If he was right one time. His name's Trevor. Of course he sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry to all the Trevors out there, but come on. You're fine. But yeah, and then the whole community. From, yeah. Uh, they're her congregation now. Because yeah. Candyman keeps referring to them as like, oh, they're my congregation. Yeah. So now they're hers. I've never understood. Is it that they think she saved the baby or do they think she put the baby in there? Because like as far as they know, right? Like uh, <laughs> she just went in there with the baby and they almost <laughs> they almost killed it. Well, no, because Jake <laughs> saw the Candyman's body. Oh, burned. that's right. He does for sure see the. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says something about it, doesn't he? Like, yeah, no, I see him. He's yeah. in there. Yeah. Like it will. Cuts- spooky. The camera specifically zooms into Jake as he's looking at the candy yeah. burning. So I think it's implied, oh, and the candy man. Also, confirmation, candy man definitely had a corporeal form because his stump is attached to the hook they throw in. So was he a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> I still don't understand. No, that, I like your theory of, oh, she agreed he's becoming a whole. I guess, yeah. Because also he did say we'll both be burned together so both of our ashes will be together yeah. so maybe he did some sort of i'm real for this just so we can burn together and i can finally be at peace sort of thing yeah that's true but yeah. then like i don't know like i'm just gonna accept that <laughs> you gotta like set some stuff up like, yeah. like i i understand how freddy krueger works mm. Well, there's also been a million movies yeah, for well, that. But even just in the... You just watched Nightmare on Elm Street. How does Freddy work? What are the rules? I still don't know. Oh. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I think the first... I, I thought it was pretty clear. He can kill you in your dreams, but you can pull him out. And if you don't believe in him, he fades away. I, I forget what it was. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> but I remember on on our episode of that, I was like, wait, what? When he did something? So, yeah, I think it's because right. you've spent more time with these movies. I guess too. that's true. Yeah, I I I think about these a lot. They yeah. keep, again, they keep me up at night, not because I'm scared of them, but because I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Those sons of bitches. <laughs> Damn it, Tony Todd, but I still love you. <laughs> I'll get him on the podcast next week. <laughs> when I bring Zach. up this fact. <laughs> Zach will be so impressed with me. <laughs> Zach, get the microphones. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then because the Trevor crying in his bathroom, yeah, Stacy being horrible, yep, and then he's like Helen, Helen, and he cries, Helen. say, "I love that he doesn't say her name intentionally. Yeah. It's just like it comes out because he's upset. He's like, oh, Helen, yeah." And then she and still completely yeah. bald and everything, still burnt up. Yeah, what Trevor? Are you afraid of me? Which is what she said earlier when and she it, scared them. Yeah, and it was the Candyman like voice effects and everything yeah. on her, then, which I love that she still looked like the burn yeah, corpse and everything yeah. rather than the mural at the end. And which I like that it was kind of like passing it on the whole legend, yeah. and it kind of tapped into the like the, Bloody Mary the, sort yeah. of thing. I mean, just just the idea of like these urban legends are so malleable. Now she's one. Mm-hmm. And then roll credits. And like I said, it's like they took everything I love from movies that are not everybody loves and kind of extreme into one movie. Like the sad romance. All the best elements. Yeah. And like the murder mystery vibes and all that. I loved it. It's probably the only... the only Clive Barker property that I actually like really like, like I'm not a big Hellraiser guy. He's a mixed bag for me. So okay. the fact that this is like so good is like okay, for you, Clive, Clive, you got one. Okay. Even if uh, this, in the source material, it's all actually set in England. He does not have the tragic origin story that he has in the movie. Mm. And he is not black. Mm. It is just a story about kind of, it's a little bit about class in England, mm. like the class system, but um, it's more, much more focused on like the urban legend element, mm. which is, I think kind of what is the closest thing to a detriment to this movie is when it kind of has to fall into that more mm. just because then it 
winds up almost contradicting some of the other stuff he's trying to play with just by the nature like there's two things really pulling at this movie yeah because i feel like in if it were set in london it would play more off of the jack the ripper how that was exactly how that was a real thing but it was a huge myth and like all that yeah the mythos behind it there's there's different things to play off of there that i think you lose an adaptation but then you gain a lot yeah and it's also just the tough thing of it's like a i think it's like a 10 or 20 page short story Mm. that's hard to turn into a 120 page script like I mean, Nightmare Before Christmas was a short yeah. story. Okay, I did think one thing listening to the score. I was just like, uh, this is like if somebody said, I think the Edward Scissorhands score is too subtle. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. Yeah, now that you say it. <laughs> like, but even more so. Yeah. Like, but um, yeah, no, I mean, people really liked this movie. Like it got actually a really solid critical reception. It reminds me of 28 days later and that it's like, people were just like solid movie. Good job guys. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I was wondering how it got perceived and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think the Clive Barker thing actually is a little bit to its detriment because people think of his movies as maybe being a little salacious because mm. of like the S and M angles and like they're violent and they're gory. And mm-hmm. this movie is all those things also, but it's, it was a little tame, but also just like the the other elements of it are so like, like, let's shoot it like a painting is like yeah. the perfect way to like look at it. It's like, oh, well, they were shooting for something be- beyond all of the sources of this yeah. movie. It was artsy. And I think that kind of immediately makes people go, oh, yes, of course. Mm-hmm. Right. Art, yes. Society. <laughs> and then uh, George Lucas busting like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have a great idea for uh, oh yeah, how Anakin will become Vader. I totally know what you guys are talking about. Society, yeah. <laughs> have I told you the political system in the Star Wars universe? It's really interesting. Oh my god, is this like George Lucas's favorite movie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but yeah, I love this movie. It seems like you really liked it. I loved it. Any so much. any closing thoughts here? Um, like the idea crossed my mind to make it like a zach's picks like the list but mm-hmm. i i also don't want to do that because i don't want to review these movies i want to just dive into the world of horror right but i will say Candyman is like in my top favorites I, of all I the can ones see why it's really good yeah all right zach so our theme this month is ghosts yes so i believe next week we're watching from the director of texas chainsaw massacre yeah. and the director of jaws comes poltergeist wait toby toby hoover and steven spielberg Spielberg. uh steven spielberg co-wrote and produced poltergeist and toby hooper directed it wow yeah because when we were watching Candyman, you you mentioned uh toby hooper did it i was like oh Mm -hmm. i didn't know that yeah and then (laughs) steven spielberg didn't know that yeah it's this this wonderful team up that you will see both of them in very much so that's cool yeah. I mean, I love Texas Chainsaw yeah. and Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Yeah, exactly. <gasps> oh my but God. There's going to be so many George Lucas jokes. Yeah, they really in that are. Episode. I'm very excited. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my well, God. yeah, that's our uh, next episode. But for mm-hmm. now, you can come follow us on all the social um, medias and whatnot. Where can people find you, Zach? At Zach Shirk on Instagram and ZachShirk.com. What about you, Matt? Uh, you can find me on just about everything as I Draw Paintings. Or you can follow me on my Facebook artist page, Matt Mears. And you can listen to our podcast, Matt Makes Zach Watch Horror Movies, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. I think that's all of them. There's so yeah. many. And YouTube. That's yes. right. Video version of YouTube. You yeah, can watch, watch us draw. draw. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. And with that. Heard you were looking for Candyman, man, man, man. bitch. bitch.